Nobody wins unless everybody wins. This is your fight. We're in this game. As they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Line Change, the NHL betting podcast from the Action Network. My name is Michael Leboff, and joining me for this abbreviated Wednesday episode are my friends and colleagues, Nick Martin and Tim Kalinowski. Uh, Together, we will break down the upcoming three-game slate on Wednesday night, and we're going to talk a little Hart Trophy uh, because the race for it is about as wide open as it's been in, in a couple years with Connor McDavid. And the Oilers struggling out of the gate. So uh, we'll, we'll do a little dive into that at the end. Uh, but first, let's talk about these three games. We'll start with, um, I'm going to call it a must-win game for the Ottawa Senators. Uh, plus 145 traveling to Toronto to take on the Leafs, who are sitting at minus 175 and uh, over under seven here. I call it a, a must-win game more big picture-wise than anything else. Uh, I think that DJ Smith is certainly on the hot seat. The team has just had so much drama surrounding it. Shane Pinto, Pierre Dorian gets fired after the Genny Dadanoff trades thing. Uh, just some some other weird stuff. And, of course, injuries. Um, But I do think that the Leafs are much more than they were the past two years when uh, I was wrong. Uh, they are a vulnerable favorite with the, their defensive deficiencies, Tim. And I don't see them getting better, like, the Leafs are going to win games despite their poor play because they just have really good players. Um, I don't really think they're going to win many games, at least right now, deservingly, if that makes sense. I talked about this earlier in the year about the Rangers and how they had already um, passed all the tests in being a good hockey team and basically their next grade. They're basically not eligible for their next grade until the playoffs. That's kind of how we're going to judge the success of this Rangers team. We know they're a great regular season team. And that's also applies to the Toronto Maple Leafs as well. I think they're, I don't kind of blame them because if you look at what's going on in Edmonton right now, I think Edmonton would uh, switch places with Toronto in a heartbeat and say, yeah, um, we're going to be happy to be sitting comfortably in the playoffs. And then we'll address this goalie thing, maybe at the deadline or maybe down the road. But the way Toronto plays, they're a, as much as I want to jump on them and, and give them a hard time, they're perfect for the regular season. They they will destroy you in overtime. They're so skilled. Like they are just built for the regular season. And as betters, we have to keep that in mind as much as we want to bang the drum about the Leafs' deficiencies. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, Nick, what uh, what about you here? You're starting to, to come around. I think this year, what Tim said is accurate. I think in previous years, I don't agree. They were a pretty good playoff team last year. If they were not the Toronto Maple Leafs, people would look at last playoffs and I don't think would be like, this isn't, this is, you know what I mean? Like they had a win over Tampa Bay. They lose to Bobrovsky, but this isn't that team. Like everything they changed is a complete disaster, right? Like John Klingberg, I was thinking about it. He might be the worst guy getting regular minutes on a playoff team right now. Like, I don't think that would be unfair to say he is like, it's a complete train wreck and there's no options to sort it out. So I agree. Yeah. They're, they're tough to bet on right now because they have all the skill in the world and they can steal some yeah. of these games. And they're going to be at these kind of prices too. Yeah. And like, that's the interesting thing too, is like, 
you're not going to get more out of their stars than they've got. They're all right. playing like complete all world, like best players in the world. And the bottom of the lineup is just a disaster defense. And then, I mean, just the defensive play altogether is not great. And then the goaltending too is kind of shaky. I would expect wall here, but yeah, I agree. I, th- I think sends are passed and then totals too high. You can't bet on that. I don't think I, I always just feel like it's, I mean, maybe we talked about like, when are we going to be like, stop, stop being afraid to take sevens, you know, the way they play though. I mean, look, I might think about the Leafs is yeah. The the acquisitions have not been great, but they have time. Like Edmonton doesn't have time. They had to cut Jack Campbell today. They had to go wave him. Like Toronto has time. Well, as bad as the Leafs is, it's like you can win games with it. Right. They're still winning. Fine. And Samsonov's been better than what well, the Oilers. The big game. difference is like when when Sammy is having a game like he did the other night against the Lightning, you can just put put in Walt. Whereas the Oilers can't <laughs> do, even do that. Right. Uh, that Oilers game last night, I thought was the most crystal clear picture of that because they played well enough to win. Like by the end of it, Vancouver was capitalizing on their breakdowns and stuff, but they were chasing the game because their goalies were terrible again. Right. And I think if you had traded the goalies, that was the perfect game script for just. You put Demko in Edmonton's net. They never lose that game. I don't think you needed to look. And I think like that, that's always relevant when you talk about all these teams. But I mean, the Senators too, to get back to like this game a little bit, their goaltending has been really shaky. That's kind of been the main thing really yeah. that's killing them. The Not defense the... is starting to struggle too because it's banged yeah. up. Like, And Dub should be back for this one. Yeah. Which is minor, but that's... No, it, like it a... matters here. Like he wouldn't and be... It matters too. Yeah, it, it wouldn't be a yeah. needle mover. I don't think if he was like the only guy missing, but... Because they're he's missing, good. yeah, he is good. But like Shabbat being out, even Brandstrom, when you get those clusters and you just get an above and average NHL player, right? Yeah, just yeah. I, I think the Senators are worth a bet here, and and the defensive numbers scare me. But I just I think that this game, like the the price is just going to be too good to not play against the Leafs. And this with is the team great- that's good, like they they should be good. Like they, the Senators should be better than this. Um, and and to your point, Tim, about like the Leafs having time. They're really lucky that teams like Ottawa and Buffalo had, and you know Tampa Bay to some extent have just been shaky out of the gate because Florida you can throw in there too like like nobody's really um, done much besides Boston in the division because the Leafs could have been looking at a, like a little bit of a, a gap between them and second and third if if one of these teams got their act together early but it's a missed opportunity for everybody here in the Atlantic. Well, and I'll uh, say yeah. to tip the cap to a good call when we were talking about the Leafs in the preseason, and I said. There, I guess the Oilers might be testing this, but that their floor was so high because of the star cluster that they have. I think that's literally been exactly what yeah. this is. They, they just, I, they think, I think the positive way to view it is like they just have the luxury of kind of being able to wait. Yeah. And uh, these other teams, like Edmonton, for example, is forced to make decisions in November like critical decisions in November. And if you're the Leafs, you could say, okay, like maybe Bertuzzi is going to get it. Like maybe we figure out the right role for Domi, like, because they're still winning. So it's, um, you know, I don't love the team. I, I kind of believe all the narratives of like, you know, uh, they, they can't go far in the playoffs with this type of thing, but it's kind of like the NBA in a sense. Sometimes you have those regular season teams and it's like, oh, this team's running away with the Eastern Conference and like, they're just going to get squashed by, you know, the, whoever gets in, that's just more veteran and actually better. Um, yeah. And I, I, I would say that the the Oilers waving Jack Campbell is, is a good thing for our Vezina trophy tickets because, <laughs> Hey, maybe he ends up with a, with another team and, and just carries no. them. 
<laughs> the documentary. The documentary. I'm going to bring so it up good. again. Uh, oh, no. We're, we're, we're nothing if not honest on this podcast. Uh, the Panthers and Capitals now. A little disagreement here. Oh, I should. So so all, Nick and, and Tim are leaning towards the Senators in that one. I'm going to bet the Sens. Uh, and then onto the Caps and Pens, uh, Panthers now. Uh, Panthers minus 135 road favorite. Nick's Capitals are plus 115 at home. And the total is at six and a half. I like the Caps here. Sort of for the opposite reason I would talk about liking the Sens. I think that Washington's defensive work has not been, at least numbers-wise, Nick, you, maybe you can shed some light here if I'm missing something because you watch them a lot. But I think they've been okay defensively. It's just, are they going to score enough? And I don't know if that's going to be a huge issue when you're taking on a Florida defensive core that still is all you know sorts of banged up and guys like uh, Nico Mikola and... Uh, Dmitry Kulikov are getting big minutes. Florida, obviously, they've got the horses to score with anybody, but um, I I don't think that uh, this defense should scare me enough off of, of Washington, although I should note that the, the numbers for the Panthers defensively have been good. I think they're playing pretty decent, like, just team game overall. Um, but that aside, like, just on, on paper, I I think that this is okay for Washington as a, as a home dog. Um, yeah, I, I we definitely are looking at this entirely differently i think you're right washington has defended quite well like a, they're playing a pretty good team game but that's almost where i see the upside being so low for this group right now because i actually think they've brought pretty good efforts they're playing pretty structured they haven't just been making silly breakdowns they have no talent anymore <laughs> like the offensive punch is just not there it feels like this florida team since they've you know become the powerhouse that they are has really had their number. They haven't handled their top guns well at all. I think this is just basically their, their caps are actually getting a fair bit of respect at this number. For me, I'd, I'd bet anything better than minus 145. Like they are, like they just can't score. And I don't, and I, I just look at it and I don't expect them to control more of the play here. Florida's process has been pretty reasonable and they can just generate, generate, generate. And I think, yeah, I I just like it on the the Panthers here. I also think Verhage could be interesting. He's he's just such a cap killer. He always gets them, and they're not going to have a good line to match on that. Um, Nick Dowd, pretty irrelevant name, but I, I think the Caps are really missing him as well. And you know, yeah, for me, this just looks like a good spot to fade the Caps. I I don't see where the scoring is going to come from right now, right? Like the every game. It's the Anthony. Here comes Mantha, that's what I was baby. Say, every game the guys were talking about as like impressive performances. It's like Phillips or or Mantha had a good game, or Sonny Milano looked dangerous. But it's like you're just trying to throw nine guys, you know, out there and hoping something like that'll work. There's no one that I can count on being like a game breaker. Like Kuznetsov looks good in tiny spurts. Ovechkin's just. He's really, really tailed off here, and he's just they can't. It's you know what? It has worked better with Strom, to be fair, but I just don't see it. I think that the offensive punch of these two teams is just entirely different right now. I think we have to give Florida a, a ton of credit for the way that they've started, despite the injuries, or you know, with, considering what they um, the lineups on, great considering call. what the decor has looked like. And Nick, I, I totally agree with you with the Caps. I'm shocked that i'm surprised by how much love they are getting from this line because i think the caps frankly are in, are in deep trouble 
And I think there's a certain criteria for when I'm going to take a dog and and we do take dogs a lot here. And a lot of that criteria is, can they score? Can they score their way out of their issues? And I just don't think they can. I, I, I can't hang my hat on that. Yeah, I think that's like part of the point here too. Like maybe versus some teams, if they're getting less respect, I'd point out that I think the Caps are playing a good team game and they've been fairly organized. But when they're priced this close to Florida, um, I just don't see it. And the other, Florida's got their top guy. I don't think they're going to play yet, but it's kind of an interesting note for just fantasy and looking forward. Like Montour and Ekblad are really close, which is, like you said, for the Panthers to have like tread water in their early going the way they have, like they'll be pumped on their record. I think they should be. Yep. And they're about to get their big dogs back on the back end. So um, I thought I would be fading the Panthers more this year. We were some early on, but they've played pretty well. And it could be a period where I'm going to be trying to buy on them. Hopefully the lines will be closer than I think they should be when they get those two guys back. Uh, yeah, they're actually interesting. I was just talking about this, this with the Leafs. That uh, there's just this mushy pack behind the, the Bruins in the Atlantic division. Like Florida could be a sneaky team to watch. Um. In, in just in this division in general, it's an eight-point gap between them and Boston. They have a game in hand, and we just know the Bruins are just going to chug along, or we should feel confident that they'll just chug along and gobble up points. But, um, yeah, Florida, of of the bunch, like Detroit, do they have staying power? I don't know. But I, I would I would trust that Florida is actually going to be more in the mix long-term than we thought. So it's a good point. Also, also too, um, Washington, second-worst power play percentage in the league. And yes, we've talked about a, it. it looks bad for a Panthers team that we know likes to play very much on the edge or over the edge. You have to be able to make them pay. And again, I don't have much faith that the Capitals can do that. Yeah, I agree. And we we talked about this early on. They're getting a little unlucky on the power play. Like they're whatever. They're going to score a few more of the shots. But compared to like the top units in the league right now, they just don't find those plays through the seams that are going to lead to like sure goals. Like you are. And, and like we said before, they're just so static where it's trying to set up Oshi and the bumper spot Carlson at the top or OB's one timer, but like, it's all the same looks every time. Like there aren't that many power plays anymore that just set up the exact same spot. Everyone's in the same place at all times, right? Like most, I think Vancouver's is a really good example. Like they're showing so many different wrinkles and it's just, like I feel like game planning for it is just a disaster. Whereas the caps, like the shooters are good and but you more or less know what you're getting every single yeah. time. Uh all right. The headliner, so to speak, I guess would be Vegas and uh Los Angeles at as a nightcap plus one twenty. The Kings are traveling on the road uh, as a as a underdog and Vegas at minus one forty is your betting favorite. Vegas has a Four-point lead over Vancouver, uh, one more game played in the Pacific, then seven points to the good on Los Angeles, who have played two fewer games uh, than the Golden Knights. The Pacific Division is very funny right now because you got the you know the, the disaster teams of the Sharks, the Oilers, the Flames. I know that they just won. Uh, and then teams like the Ducks, the Kings, the, the Canucks, uh, and Vegas. Like, it's... <laughs> It's really a haves and haves not situation 
with with Seattle kind of being the only middle team. But I think the gap between these two teams is probably a little closer than this line suggests. I think maybe where we've undersold Vegas' start just like a tad um, through these first 11 games. But I don't want to bet them as, as a minus 140 favorite against a Kings team that I think is negligibly negligibly worse than them, Nick. So I, I think I'll, I'll take a, a shot on, on Los Angeles here. Yeah, I think Kings are pass. I love the Kings. This team looks so good. Um, but in the Vegas thing, like it sucks because lost again on uh, them in Saturday's game. And I thought that brings up like an interesting handicapping perspective in that, like I do think Vegas had plenty of lucky wins early on, right? But it's also entirely possible for teams to elevate their level. And they clearly did versus Colorado because they absolutely slapped them. And that was their game of the year. Um, and they they were pretty strong versus the Jets too. So as much as I do think Vegas, you know, got some lucky wins early on, they clearly have the ability to elevate their game, which I think everyone expected considering they just won the cup. So they just feel like a bit of a tricky team to handicap right now to me. Like you're probably going to start to get some of these more lethargic performances. I mean, they're 11, one and one coming off a cup win. They're still missing some pieces on the back end. It's, I don't know. It's yeah. I, I think I agree though. Cause it does feel like one of those ones you are getting a big enough number. The, the Kings are playing at such a high level that it does look like one that is a very reasonable play on the Kings. Yeah. Okay. I, I think they're, I think they're even teams, honestly, I, I think really highly of this Kings team and two things can be true. Like you said, Nick, we can tip our cap to the Knights and say, look, we were kind of wrong about the whole luck thing at some point. They're the antithesis to Calgary and that they they play well enough and they to get lucky and then they capitalize on their you know luck per se. But also with that said, I think very highly of the Los Angeles Kings, and I'm more than happy to take the Kings as an underdog. Yeah, uh, especially when Cam yeah, Cam Talbot kind of rounding into form a little bit here. Um which is which is huge. Uh with the the goaltending situation around the NHL is is Bananas. Okay. Uh, the Kings. Real... The Kings goaltending went under the radar with how bad yeah. the rest of the league's goaltending has been. It's a mess. They're like, they're over in the corner. Like, I'm so glad uh, for the Edmonton Oilers like, that they like... exist. Yeah, I don't think anyone like realizes it more than people who play fantasy hockey, because it's just like there's there's five good old goalies to hold hold right now. Like everyone's either the only good ones are like teams with two goalies, right? <laughs> Like the Bruins and the, and the Knights, and then you're getting split, and then yeah, so it's a shit show. And I, I think that's obviously getting reflected in the betting market too. It's been a little uh, chaotic. Okay, uh, before we get out of here, I do want to just take a quick glance. We're going to use these Wendy's Wednesday uh, episode, Wendy's episodes. I would love a Wendy's <laughs> episode, if, Wednesday episodes to to uh, give big picture looks at different markets uh, when they become interesting. And I think that the Hart Trophy. Races now interesting. Connor McDavid was uh, an even money favorite to start the year. He's now a plus two seventy five favorite to win the Hart Trophy, and uh, nobody would argue that McDavid has a chance to just come out and starting with his game against the Sharks coming up, just, just rack up an eye popping number of points. Uh, but it's also like he set the bar so high that anything that doesn't come close to that 
production could just be a, a knock against him, whether that's fair or not. Then the other thing that opened up this race more uh, in the past few days is that Jack Hughes got hurt and we don't really know the severity of it. So with McDavid off to a slow start, Hughes, who looked like the kind of, if not McDavid, it'll be Hughes for, through the first month of the season. Uh, with those two guys in, in a little bit of trouble, in, at least in terms of this race, uh, it's it's opened the door. Uh, the, the only player price between McDavid and, and Hughes at the book I'm looking at is Austin Matthews. So McDavid's plus 275, Matthews plus 425, then it's Hughes at 5-1. to one. And then you jump to like Pasternak, Pedersen, McKinnon, who's not off to a great start. Dreisaitl's not off to a great start. And then Kucherov at 20-1. to one. So all those guys between 12 and 20-1. to one. But Nick, I think there's some interesting guys even further down the board here. Um, a guy like Makachuk is 40-1, to one, and I know he hasn't scored all that much, but we know he's good enough just to be a dominant player for months at a time, and it's he's playing on a good team that should only get better. Uh, he's so he's playing good, too. To, yeah, to, yeah. To defend your and the media loves him. He should, and the media yeah. loves him. Yeah, like his level, he's he's due for better. I, I agree. He's been really impressive early on. So he's an interesting one. I mean, you could talk about Sidney Crosby at 125-1. to one as if he just like plays a little bit better than point per game and gets close to a hundred points and wills this Penguins team to the playoffs. It could be uh, an interesting one. Panarin at a hundred to one with the way he started and looks under Laviolette um, and Jack Eichel is also a hundred to one. So is there anything that you see here that's interesting at this point uh, and worth maybe adding? I, I wouldn't say on the heart here. I think your, your points were good. I think Kachuk would be my, maybe my favorite down the board. I'll tip our cap to us because our two long shots look great. So at least this market, we didn't embarrass ourselves. And hopefully Peterson and Hughes keep going. So if I were to change the subject a little bit here, one of the awards that I still think is interesting is Talkit is priced at plus 850 to win the Jack Adams. I still think that's very bettable. Um, we've talked about how the Canucks have had some good puck luck. I think that continues to show... But good puck luck in the turn, like with regards to that, they should be like a little above 500, right? And that's all they need to do the rest of the way to have a record that'll keep them in contention for this. And everyone is talking about the turnaround. Like you listen to the media right now, it's like talk and turn that team around. Everyone's on it. Um, and then the other one, I depending on what number you can get Demco at, if you can get longer than 15 to one, there were some of those out there. I still think that's really interesting. Um, yeah, I thought you highlighted the best remaining long shots in the heart. It's fun that that race is actually, you know, as interesting as it is yeah. right now. Yeah, I think, uh, and, and and Tim Tim's going to point it out, like just, just things are so funky right now that it is kind of just worth taking a step back. For the, for the first time in a while, it is worth taking a step back at this junction of the NHL season and maybe just reconfiguring your, your, uh, your betting portfolio, Tim. No, I, I totally agree. And I was thinking... Because a couple defensemen have popped out on this list for me. See Cal McCarr at 50 to 1. See Quinn Hughes at 75 to 1. Quinn Hughes um leads defensemen in scoring. Look, a defenseman hasn't won since 99, Chris Pronger, but it has to be a bizarre year for that to happen. And I think this is kind of a bizarre year. I, you know, I you're getting two of the best defensemen. we think one and one and two best defensemen in the league about, you know, Adam Fox, obviously in that conversation, it's like, if you think they're going to be the best defenseman, why not to be the best player in the league? And that that's kind of where I land there. I know it's, it's like betting a, um, a running back to or a defensive player to win the Heisman, but look, it's been a bizarre year. I think too, just, I just looked at the president's trophy odds, wondering about some of these teams 
No, I don't think they're long enough. Like when we look at the Bruins and the Knights, they're just going to keep getting so many more wins in all these games um, where they have their backup in, right? I mean, neither of them even have a backup, really. They're both so much better than there's teams that would die right now to have either one of their goalies, and they have both. So it's just ridiculous. And the Islanders. Yeah, that, I mean, yeah, there's the Islanders. They're not as good as the others. Well, the thing, Nick, Vegas and Boston, because of that, are schedule loss proof. I know. They don't do schedule loss. good. They don't leave off the Islanders don't do scheduled win. That's the first problem. Yeah, that is that definitely is a problem. Uh <laughs> all right, good. So that's where we stand. Uh, uh the uh futures market. Just keep an eye on names like Matt Kachuk, um, Quinn Hughes, Kale McCarr. I think Jack Eichel and Sidney Crosby as well are are worth circling. I, I you can almost make a case for Tim Stutzla as well. It would have to be with the uh he's he's like 150 to one. It would have to be with the the caveat that the senators would have to turn things around because uh, I think those things would obviously be correlated him having a monster year and, and that happening. Um, all right, so there you have it. That's maybe th- you, maybe you take that if um, if uh, what's his face gets fired. Maybe DJ, maybe yeah, maybe you take it the second DJ gets fired. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, that's I it. I gave out DJ Smith coach of the year. I'm not gonna. And hide. you know what? I, I thought this was a really good point by Andy McNeil, who does the Puck Portfolio podcast on Canada Sports Betting about. Uh, the Jack Adams award market when we were talking to him in our season preview, which is that oftentimes it sounds so bizarre to say it, but oftentimes the best bets in the Jack Adams award are also going to be the best bets in the first coach fired award. Oh, hundred percent. Cause, cause <laughs> it's, ex- it's all about expectations yeah. and, and you know, exactly. rebuilding teams. So it's a good point. It's a good yeah. point. Well, we, yeah. We said that too. Like, cause last year uh, we had given out when it was when more places had the first coach fired market and gave out rough. And then, yeah. I, it was one game away from getting fired. It would literally be like if Smith wins this game now, if the Sens win, whatever, 5-2, and then they go on a run, that would probably be close to what happened with Ruff. I don't know yeah. if it got out bad, yeah. but like chanted to fire him. They're, yeah, they're chanting. No so, jerseys on the ice yet in, in Canada, which is really, really strange. When is a sportsbook going to put those odds up? And okay. it applies. When do they play next? So, oh, yeah, they, oh, yeah. Oh, I can't wait to go into that Oil-Sharks game. Wait, so we should be looking at David Quinn then for Coach of the Year. Is that what yes. you guys are telling me? <laughs> oh my! Yeah, yeah team I mean, you could you could make an argument that he's done the best coaching job of any team, considering what the Sharks want to do this year. Uh, all right. Well, yeah, we'll, we're, we're 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 gonna spend a lot of time on on the Sharks, Sharks and oil tomorrow. That's gonna be a lot of. I mean, I love breaking down, like trying to. Hand, I don't pay attention to the ponies like every day, like a, a lot of railbirds do. But there's just nothing like sitting down with a racing form and trying to handicap a race, a big race. And I think that's what trying to figure out this Oilers uh, Sharks game on Thursday night is going to be, because it could go in a million different directions and most 999,999 of those directions end with the Oilers winning, but yeah, it's just the Oilers it's, props. Everyone's going to be on them. I just it's going to be a betting, just an absolute betting party for, for hockey betters. That game. I'm so excited. He joked so about excited. How someone's posting uh, Dry Settle or McDavid to get a hat trick, boosting it to like plus one fifty. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be just save mind. save all yeah. your save all your SGP boosts. Okay, yeah. save them all. You keep them in the holster. Uh, all right, uh, we'll get to that uh, Thursday's episode. Uh, for now, we'll wish you the best of luck on Wednesday uh, for that three headed monster of a slate we leaning towards the senators tim and i both like them nick's leaning that way those guys like the panthers i like the cab uh and all three of us are looking at the kinks so 
good luck with those if you are following or fading it's up to you uh, and we will see you again on thursday action network reminds you please gamble responsibly if you or someone you care about has a gambling problem help is available 24 7 at 1-800-GAMBLER